Hey, it's so good to welcome you to Fields Church Online, and we are so pleased that you've tuned in for this message. No matter what's going on in your world right now, we pray that you come away feeling encouraged by this message. Um, okay, I'm going to invite Richard up to speak. Um, are you ready? Are we ready? Always. Get your notepad and pen and your Bible. Um, I'm just going to pray for you. Is that okay? Yeah, that's great. Father, I just thank you for Richard. I thank you for the wisdom that he continually brings and the teaching that he continually brings to this church. Um, And I just pray that as he speaks today, um, that we would have um, open hearts and open minds. Um, And Lord, that you would point to us where um, what he has to say um, relates to our lives and and where we can see that in our lives. And yeah, Father, I just pray that you would give him um, confidence now um, and wisdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, Beth. Good morning, everybody. How are you doing? I'll tell you what, you're looking good from here. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're looking really good. Turn to the neighbor the other side and say, I'm glad I came today. We've been uh, talking a lot about the, the Holy Spirit, which is a, a massive subject. Where would we be without the Holy Spirit in our lives? When Jesus left the earth, he said, I'm going to send you one just like me, a comforter. What a great comforter the Holy Spirit is. And it's amazing, I think, that God, you know, if we picture God, a, a God maybe sitting on his throne, that's how I picture God, and Jesus sitting at the right hand of the Father. They deserve our worship continually. Psalm 100 says, and I keep praying, I pray this every day now, we enter his gates with thanksgiving. Every day. Just thank God for something in your life right now. Just you and him. Just thank God for something. Just maybe, if you can't think of anything, just thank God for the breath in your body that you woke up today. Anyone wake up and have breakfast this morning? You're you're full. There's no cake for you afterwards then. It's just so wonderful. Yeah, the youth are going out, so they're going to receive a teaching today. It's good to to be here. Um, I want to thank John for sharing last week. Difficult subject on the discerning of spirits. We live in a, a physical world, don't we? But there is a spiritual world out there where there are forces of darkness all around us, and we might not be able to see them, but they are definitely there. And we're like in a battle, aren't we, sometimes? Life can be a bit of a battle, can't it? Sometimes, am I the only one who can go through battles? And we need to know that the Spirit of God is with us every day. He lives with inside us. Isn't that amazing? There's no more temple that we have to go to. We are the temple. We've got to keep that temple holy and really good and healthy, haven't we? Have you got a healthy temple? Not this temple. The whole temple. That's good. Uh, This morning, I'm going to speak on the gift of prophecy. Um, But just before I do that, you know, Esther and I emigrated to South Africa in 1980. And in 1982, um, some guy witnessed to us, a friend of the family, and at two in the morning in his house, we knelt on the ground and we accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And we really loved South Africa as a country. 
And uh, a couple of years later, we got saved, and then we went to this big church, massive church. We come from a big church in South Africa. And uh, in 1984, God gave us a word in Jeremiah 29, 11 to 14. And I know that relates to the Jews going back to their homeland because they were in captivity. But I saw that as a word from God for ourselves when God gave us that word. He said, I'm going to take you back to the own land, your own land. And in 1997, we came back to plant the church. We didn't know that back then. When God spoke to us in 1984 and, and showed me that verse of Scripture, I said, I don't want to go back to England. South Africa is my home. I love South Africa. I love the people. I love my church. Why would I want to go back to England? I made my life here. But I really believe that that was a word from God. So we sort of put that on the shelf. Anyone know what I'm talking about? Put it on the shelf. Just park it there and just see what God does. You know, God also spoke to us about and gave me a verse just before we came here in Isaiah 60. And it says, Arise, shine, the first couple of words. And you know, we received that as a scripture. I received that as a scripture for, for myself. Because part of the verse says, it says, Your sons and daughters are going to come from afar. Our desire was to have a multicultural church. Just look around you. Just look at these wonderful people that are sitting here. We're multicultural, aren't we? Our church in South Africa is made up of every tribe and tongue. Even during the apartheid years, you, we South Africans that have been and lived there know what that's like to live like that. But our church just received everybody, accepted everybody. And it was just amazing. And the last few words, says, it says in verse 21 and 22 of Isaiah 60, it says, The branch of my planting... The work of my hands. I believe God is saying that this church is the branch of his planting. It's the work of his hands. We're just being obedient, serving him. It says, a little one will become a thousand. I, the Lord, will hasten it in its time. And whenever I feel discouraged, which is not very often, I go to back to these words that God gave us about calling us here. And that verse in Jeremiah 29, 11 came true, didn't it? Because we came back and planted this church. Anyway, I'm going to pray. Let's just do that. Father God, we thank you for Jesus. Thank you for salvation, that Jesus came and died for us so that we could be a part of his family. And Lord, I'm so thankful that I'm a, I'm a son first. I may be a pastor, but I'm a, a son first. You guys, you're sons and daughters first before you're anything else. And what a privilege to be a son and a daughter of the God of the universe, the one who created all things. Father God, we want to enter your gates with thanksgiving and praise, Father God. When we sang the lines of those songs, I, I just thought of praise, just praising Jesus, just waving my hands and singing my heart out to praise him because he's worthy of our praise. Thank you, Lord, as I share the word of life this morning. I thank you that it would take root in every single heart. The word is like a seed and it's incorruptible. And it will go out and accomplish that which God purposes to do in, in our lives, in the earth. And Father, I thank you for every hearer this morning. I thank you that ears are open, eyes are open, ready to receive. Hearts are open, ready to receive that which the Holy Spirit would want to impart to us today. And if you love the Lord, you say, Amen. I'm just going to recap just for a, a couple of seconds. Um, we've been looking at the nine spiritual gifts that we find listed in 1 Corinthians 12. And I believe they're divided into three categories. There's the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and the discerning of spirits. We've covered those. We've, got, we've covered the gift of faith. 
They're the three power gifts. Next, the gift of faith, gifts of healings, and working of miracles. Andrew and Adrian are going to share uh, the working of miracles and um, the gifts of healings when they get up in a couple of weeks' time. And then there are three vocal gifts, what I'd call the vocal gifts. Prophecy, which we're going to look at today. Tongues, which we looked at a couple of weeks ago, and interpretation of tongues. If you're not sure about any of that, just go back uh, to the podcast. The messages are on there if you want to go over them. You know, in his letter to the Corinthian church, the Apostle Paul says, I don't want you to be ignorant about spiritual gifts. And I think there's a lot of ignorance in the church today about spiritual gifts. We don't want to touch that lot. Do we really want to do that? Do we really want to speak in strange languages? And we spoke about the benefits. I spoke about those benefits of 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 tongues a few weeks ago. You know, that personal tongues just builds us up. How many of you need building up? How many of you like it when you're with a friend and you feel a bit low and you go to meet someone who's another Christian, you start chatting and, and then you feel lifted, don't you? But when that person's not there, how do you build yourself up? By speaking in that heavenly language. That's what the Bible says. Paul encourages us to earnestly desire the best gifts. How many of us are desiring these gifts? Two of us. I'm so glad that we're so excited about receiving these gifts. I'm so, and you're excited. The three people that put their hands up, are you excited? I think you could be a bit more excited than that. But anyway, anyway, can anyone tell me the main purpose for these gifts? So that you can be a big deal. Uh, what's it all about? Uh, what is it? Tell by the people. So why don't we desire them? If it's to help people, why don't we desire these gifts? Okay. Paul said, do not forbid to speak in tongues. And Jesus said this. If you've got your Bibles, you've got your Bibles this morning, you've got your sword, you shouldn't go anywhere without your sword or your electronic device. Take notes if you can. We're going to go to our first verse of Scripture, Mark 16, verse 17. The New King James. This is Jesus speaking. And these signs will follow those who believe. Have we got any believers here this morning? Have we got any excited believers here this morning? that want to shout the roof off. That second song was amazing. Did you catch the, the sort of wind of that? Hey, you just wanted to keep singing it and declaring it. You know, declaring the word of God over our lives is so powerful. Do you know that? Do you know that? Do you know that you are... I'm just focused on you this morning, Sabian. I don't know why. I don't know what it's a rose between many thorns or one, one, one thorn. Of, I don't know. I got that all mixed up. Yeah, one thorn. But... But you are a son. And you know where you're seated at the moment, aren't you? But you are seated in heavenly places in Christ. And the devil is under your feet. Just go like that for me. Come on, everyone do that. The devil is under your feet. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name. We just sang about the name of Jesus. The name that is above every name. The name that's above the devil. The enemy. Sickness and death. Great place to say, praise Jesus, Pastor. In my name, they will cast out demons. Now, I know John spoke about discerning spirits last week, and it's a subject that we don't really want to talk about. But there are active, dark forces in our world. And do you know that we have authority over them? Because God said to Jesus that he's given him all authority in heaven and on earth. And he's given us that authority as well. His authority to do the same thing, to go out into the world. 
coming from living in Africa for many years, we would see deliverances after a service where people would receive the word of God and then they'd just start screaming or crying out. And you, you just sort of get, got used to that type of activity because demonic activity was prevalent everywhere in Africa and we saw people just being released. You know, the, the joy of that is amazing because so many people are bound by things. And Jesus said this, they will speak with new tongues. Okay, let's go on to look at this um, aspect of prophecy. Firstly, what is prophecy? Simply put, prophecy is communication from God to mankind. Prophecy can speak about future events. Like that word that we received back in 1984, we didn't quite understand it. We loved living in South Africa, but God said, I'm going to take you back to the land, your own land. And that came true. And then other prophecies that God gave us. God showed us that we were going to come to a dry place. Did you know that East Anglia is the driest place in the country? Did you know that? So I think it's, it's dry everywhere, isn't it, spiritually in the nation. And you know what? The word of God at the moment is under attack. The word of God is under attack. We've got to live. I've got a Bible. Where's my Bible? I've got it somewhere. If I haven't got it, can I borrow yours, Andrew? He's got, holy, he's got a holy, holy Bible. Mine's just the holy Bible. His is, says the holy, holy Bible. We need to stand by this word. This is truth. Every word of it is truth. And we need to live by this truth and proclaim this truth, not another truth. And there's lots of truths coming in our nation that shouldn't be. People are saying this is no longer a Christian nation. I want to say to you today, England is a Christian nation and we need to take it back. We need to take it back. That's why we need to declare <clears throat> the truth of God's word everywhere we go. I really do feel strongly about that. I do. Prophets were the mouth, mouthpiece of God. They would listen to God and then they would go and speak to the people or give the message to the people that God wanted to speak to. In the Old Testament, a, a prophet's ministry or primary function was to serve God as his representative or ambassador. So if you've got your Bibles on the... Just flick through a few verses before we get into um, the main part of the message. So I'm going to go through these quite quickly. Several texts that make note of this. God promised Moses in Exodus 14, 4 verse 12. And he said, Now go, I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. Deuteronomy 18.18 18 says this. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brethren and will put my words in his mouth and he shall speak to them all that I command him. And then the Lord said to Jeremiah, in Jeremiah 1 verse 9, I have put my words in your mouth. And then God commissioned Ezekiel in Ezekiel 2 verse 7. I'm sure you can just jot those down if you can't go there quick enough. You must speak my words to them. You know, many times the people of God would not listen to the prophets. They would just do the opposite of what God had called them to do. That's why Israel has had just so many problems in the past. So we see under the old covenant that God spoke to his people because God speaks to us. God spoke to his people through the mouths of the prophets. Right, the definition of a prophet according to Strong's Greek lexicon. If you've got a pen and a piece of paper or your notebook or on your phone, just write this definition down of a prophet. One who is moved. Everyone say moved. moved. 
by the Spirit of God to declare to men what he has received by inspiration. It means future events, in particular things that relate to the kingdom of God and salvation. That word moved in the, in the Greek there means to bring forward, to bring in by announcing. And that's what the prophet would do. God would speak to the prophet and then he would go and announce to the people exactly what God said. That word inspiration means literally God breathed. Isn't that amazing? Like when God created Adam out of the dust of the ground. That must have been something, eh? To fashion a man out of... So you're just dust, Andrew. You're good dust. I mean, I mean, you look pretty good for dust. I mean, come on. Would everyone agree? If we're made out of dust, he looks pretty good for dust, doesn't he? Tell your neighbor, you look good just made out of dust. Could you, could you imagine that? And then, then it says that God breathed the breath of life into Adam. Isn't that amazing? And when we got born again, God breathed his life into us. Isn't that amazing? Turn to your neighbor and say, God's in you. Turn to your neighbor, the, the doubt to the other side, and God's in you. You need to believe it. Okay. Next verse, Hebrews 1 verse 1. Let's have a look at this in the New Testament. Hebrews 1 verse 1, the New King James says this. God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past. When did he speak? In time past to who? To the fathers by the prophets. So how did God speak? At various times, in various ways, in time past. To who? The fathers by who? The prophets. So if God did that in the past, what does he do now? How does he speak to us today? Let's have a look at verse 2. Has in these last days spoken to us by his son. How many of us, <clears throat> how many of us know it's not a test? If you, if you want to put your hand up, that's okay. If you don't, that's also okay. How many of you know how to recognize the voice of God? Anyone in this section here? Some of us do. Okay, that's fine. Again, no one's looking around. <clears throat> how many of you know this section has to recognize the voice of God? I'm going, to t- I'm going to teach this shortly, I am, because I think we need to learn how to hear God's voice. How about guys this side? You know, when God speaks to you. He can speak to you through a message, can't he? Like when someone shares a message like I'm doing this morning. God can speak to us. God wants to talk to us. I'll be listening. Do we run into God's presence with a list? I've got, I've got two seconds, Lord. You, you understand I'm really busy. Busy is not good, is it? Being productive is better. And you run off this whole list of prayers and they say, thanks God, just sort it out for me and I'll see you later. How many of us really stop to listen? Because God wants to speak to us. Just take time out in your day and ask God to speak to you. As you read his word, say, Lord, speak to me through these passages. I pray when I, when I preach a message, I pray that you would be listening, you'd be hearing to what God wants to say to you. Not just words on a page. These aren't just words on a page. This isn't a novel. These are words that you want to know how to, how to live life, read your Bible. You want to know about how to run a family, read your Bible. You want to know how to be a, a, a good husband, read your Bible. A good wife, read your Bible. How to bring up children, how do we do that? Who gave you the manual when you first got married? That's scary. You've got this little bundle like, we've got lots of babies coming. You should have said, whoopee. <laughs> we, got, we, got one, we got three already. Uh, what's her name? Isn't here at the moment. Phoebe's not here at the moment. We've got twins. We haven't seen them yet. 
And I think Esther's cuddled the twins. She hugs everything, trees, kids, yeah, everything. I, you know, I get nervous when I go out shopping. I think that she's going to hug the, the cashier, you know, I think, don't go there. I stay way in the background, yeah. You do that bit on your own, love. And when she goes shopping, she reads all the labels. Who reads labels on bits of... Just get the food and let's eat it. But we need to know what we're eating, don't we? So that's good practice, isn't it? So I'm not complaining because I love my wife. And I love going shopping with my wife. Sometimes I lose my wife and someone might say, uh, are you okay, sir? I say, I've lost my wife. I don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> the Apostle Paul shows us in the New Testament that God is the one who calls these people into ministry. Let's have a look at this because we want to have a look at what God, who God calls. And he, who's he? God. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets... Because we're talking about prophecy, aren't we? Some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. This is what we call the five-fold ministry. And these people stand in the office of apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. And they, they have a role in the body of Christ to do what? Verse 12 says so. For the equipping of the saints. Who's, how many saints have we got here today? How many joyful, happy saints have we got here today? How many loud saints have we got here today? Three. Okay. For the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. Tell your neighbor, you are to do the work of the ministry. Come on, tell your neighbor, tell your second choice, you are to do the works of the ministry. We're all in ministry. I'm just the pastor, but you're in ministry as well. Your, your um, mission field is where you work, where you go to college or where you go to school. Be the pastor of the people in your workplace and start praying for them. And why do we have the five-fold ministry? It says here, for the edifying of the body of Christ. How many, know, how many of you know what that word edify means? Improve or teach. What else does it mean? It means to build up and encourage, doesn't it? And it, so it says these, the five-fold ministry is for the edifying of the body of Christ. They are to edify. This means to build up. Now, looking at New Testament prophecy, Paul goes on to talk about this gift in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1, if you'd like to go there with me. That's all right. Is everybody doing okay? How's your little one doing? How's little Raphael? Good. Is he keeping you up at night? Do you enjoy getting up at night to feed him? <laughs> They're hungry little blighters, aren't they? I mean, they're forever feeding. Yeah, praise the Lord. But we're glad for all the little children. That's growing their church, isn't it? Children's ministry is going to grow, isn't it? And lots of kids in it. Okay, so Paul writes to the church at Corinth, and he's addressing ordinary people like you and me. He's not talking to pastors or teachers or special people or specially gifted or anointed people. And he says this in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. We're to pursue love. Everything we do as Christians must be motivated by love. Pursue love, and there it says again, and desire spiritual gifts. That word desire means to be zealous for, to be zealous for these gifts. So Paul is writing to who? Ordinary people in the church, just like I'm talking to you this morning. But especially that you may, what does it say? Prophesy. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit he speaks mysteries. Verse 3. What is the reason for these gifts? 
But he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. He who speaks in a tongue edifies or builds himself up. So when you're praying at home in your heavenly language, you are building yourself up. That's, that's what this is talking about. And then Paul goes on to say this in verse 5. Um, I wish you all spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesied. For he who prophesied is greater than he who speaks with tongues, unless indeed he interprets that the church may receive edification. Okay, can we see anything in these verses, especially in verse 3? What can we see there uh, that describes this, what prophecy means? What does it say? Can anyone read that back to me? Shout it back to me? Look at verse 3. He who prophesies does what? Speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort to men. Isn't that good? Um, so we see this here, that prophecy edifies or builds up or encourages and brings comfort to men. Now there's a difference between someone standing in the office of a prophet and someone just giving a prophecy in church. If you were to stand up and give a prophecy in church, it doesn't make you a prophet. Do you get that? It doesn't make you a prophet. But prophecy is really welcomed in the church. And the word you give should have the following. Let's look at that again in verse 3. But he who prophesies should speak edification and exhortation and comfort to men. Now those people of a certain age, so we've just seen that, right? So to edify, comfort, all those things. Those of us who are a certain age, do you remember Dad's Army? Who remembers Dad's army? Who remembers Fraser? He was the undertaker. And what, what did he used to say? We're all doomed. We don't need prophets of doom in the church. Tell your neighbor. Tell your neighbor. We don't need prophets of doom in the church. That's pretty funny, isn't it? So if someone comes with a prophecy, now we need to test that prophecy, don't we? If someone gives you a word, because people have you know, given spoken words over me, and I thought, that witnesses with my heart. That part at the moment doesn't, so I might just put that on the shelf. right? So if someone comes to you with a prophetic word, have you been edified or exhorted or comforted? If you, can feel, if you feel judged and condemned, that's not prophecy, and you should just reject that. Prophecy should be tested or judged. We don't judge the person, we judge the word that the person gives, right? Don't shoot the, don't shoot the messenger. Well, that's a terrible word and you're a false prophet, so get out of my face. You know, the Bible says we, we teach, in, we know in part and we prophesy in part. And sometimes if you're in a congregation, I've seen this before, someone's going you know, to get this stirring in their heart, they've got something that they want to share and they want to bring a prophetic word, but they might only have the start of a sentence. Has anyone had that experience before that's done that? And then you step out in faith and you get to share this word and then God starts speaking to you and giving, gives you the rest of the prophecy. Anything happen like that? That's the, you think, oh, I've only got a couple of words to say. But I believe God will speak through you as you say to the Holy Spirit, just let, just let that come forth. And I believe God will speak through you. Does this prophecy, this is why it needs to be judged or tested, does this come from the Holy Spirit, the human spirit, or a demonic spirit? Because I've known people to come and give words, they start off in the spirit, then they get a little bit in the flesh and start exaggerating, you know, and just going off on one. 
Now, that's the time. If I sit here, and I've done it before, once before in the church, some lady who was very prophetic gave a real great prophetic word, but then started getting into the flesh and just going off. So I had to take that person aside. And again, you know, it's hard to speak to someone about stuff like that because these things need to be tested. And I said, you started off in the spirit really beautifully, but keep, if you're, very, you're a spiritual woman, keep bringing words of encouragement. But at one part in the prophecy, you just... I felt you just went off. And I would speak to two or three others, elders or pastors or guys like Andrew. What did you think of that word? And they'd give me their opinion. See, these things need to be tested, don't they? And I'm gonna, we're going to look at five basic principles to determine if prophecy is from the Lord. Okay, let's just have a look at this for a moment. Number one, I'm going to read one to uh, two on this on this overhead, if you'd like to look at that, if you want to jot that down, if you can, that's up to you. Okay, the word, the word given, if a prophecy is given, it must be congruent or harmony or in harmony with the, with the scriptures and the character and nature of God. If someone prophesies over you, it should be in line with the word of God. Believe God's word over any prophetic word. Like I say, if someone gives you a word, okay, you receive that and you think, well, Part of that I understand, and yeah, that really witnesses with my heart. But there's that other part of prophecy I don't quite get, so I'm just going to put that on the shelf. Don't chase after prophecy. I've known people that just run around after prophets that go to, to churches and other places just to get a prophecy or a word from God. There's hundreds of words of God from here in here. You can get a word from God directly from God. Do you get that? I encourage anyone with a prophetic gift to use that gift, and people have in this church. Now, I haven't had any prophecies, but we did. I'm going to come to that in a moment. Okay, the second thing to look at. A prophetic word must bear witness with the spirit of the one who receives it. So that's you. So if I gave you a prophetic word, uh, what's his name again? Sabian. See, I've forgotten his name already. It's been, I'll tell you what, it's been a long day. I got up really early this morning. You forgive me though, don't you? It's got a witness with your heart. If it doesn't, just reject it. Don't reject them. Don't reject the word, but just you don't have to say anything. Just say, no, it doesn't sit right with me. The prophetic word should witness with your heart. If it doesn't witness with your heart, put it on the shelf and look at that later. Maybe that will come later on in your, in your life. Right, three. Last few now. The fruit of all pro- prophetic words, not pathetic words, the fruit of all prophetic words should bring the person receiving it closer to God and his people. It shouldn't be judgmental or critical. The church leadership be, it should be in agreement with the word and its interpretation and application. Someone gave a prophecy, which I'm going to read out. I reread it, and it's just amazing what this guy said. Um, and what I did went, was I went to people like Andrew and someone else and asked them what they thought of that word. And they gave me their thoughts about that word. So these things need to be tested. And then the interpretation belongs to God, not to man. That's the fifth thing. The apostle Paul, Paul Peter affirms God is the one who calls and moves in the hearts of men to share what God says to them. If we have a look at 2 Peter 1.20, knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. For prophecy never came by the will of man, it didn't just come out of his thoughts or his head, but holy men of God spoke as they were, look at that again, 
as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one that impresses the word on someone's heart and they bring that forward to deliver that to the person receiving it. You know, personal examples of prophetic words. We had a a leaders meeting many years ago and uh, one of the ladies, I think it was actually Jane, I know Jane's here, where are you Jane? You had a word about life groups. Do you remember it? Do you remember what it was all about? You don't. You spoke about wells. That's what you called them, wells. We're going to have lots of wells in our church. And that related to me, to life groups. That's, that was the theme of the whole thing. And some years ago, Andrew and I went to uh, London. We went to see Jonathan Conrad preach down in London. And then afterwards, he came and spoke to me. So I got a prophetic word for you. And Andrew was there. And he spoke about having many wells in the area where we pastor. And again, that word was just confirmed by what Jane said. Can you see that? And that really witnessed with my heart. I said, that's right, we want to see well. We want to see life groups all around this region. So that was a word given that was really true for us. Okay. Um, the last one, the last thing I'm going to share is, um, who knows uh, Izzy? She's part of the church and uh, she leads our youth with Ben. Izzy's dad came to the church when we were in the, what do they call that place at the back of us? The theatre. We were in the theatre, and his name is Jeff. He and his wife came, and after the service, he said, I've got a word for the church. Do you mind if I give it? So firstly, he came to me and asked for permission to do it. He just, get, just didn't get up and do it. So he asked if he could share this word with us. So I'm going to read it out to you. And what I will do is sort of send this out to the church so you can read it yourselves. And I read it again the other day and I was just astounded. He knows nothing really about the church, doesn't know anything about me. He knows nothing about the people of our church, only what Izzy has told him. But you know, he wouldn't sit down with her and say, tell me every detail about your church and every person in it. Because he couldn't remember their names, could he? Like I couldn't remember your name, I so apologise. And he gave this word on the 28th of the 8th, 19, uh, 2022. He says, I believe that this church is in a time of change and transition. We've been talking about transition for a while, haven't we, Andrew? Is that right? The physical church will be like a caravan. Again, these are are parts of the the prophetic word that you take and you think, well, I don't quite know what that means, but I'm going to be open to what he said. The physical church will be like a caravan moving from different locations as well as spiritually a, a time of changes. I believe that this is for the next six to eight years. I believe that God wants to encourage you today to believe that this church has God's hand of blessing on it to see this church grow, to grow four times the amount of people we see today. Again, we're not just interested in numbers. It's good to know about what well, book. There's a Bible in the, There's a book in the Bible called Numbers, isn't there? So God's interested in numbers. But it's good to know that, that the church is growing, isn't it? Why is that? Because I believe there's fruit in the church. Your church will also grow in love. That's the most important thing. Love and depth in relationships. There's another important thing. And I want to say this. You can't get a deep relationship with people just meeting them on a Sunday, having a coffee, and then saying, see ya. That's why we have life groups. That's why I have, we don't just want to just fill the spaces with people. I want you to fellowship and get to know other people. How many of you know the person you're sitting next to? Quite well? Really well? It's when you sit down and have a real conversation with them. Like you, Lewis, I, I didn't know much about you. And, and we met you, I met you and Steve at BT, because that's what you work. And within about half an hour, 45 minutes, I, I sort of knew your sort of life story to some degree, because I'm interested, in, I'm interested in you and your family. 
relationships, relationships are important. We're not islands, all right? Okay. Love for those outside the church as well. We have a love for those people out there. That's why we're here, to reach people for Jesus. You will see a real growth and development in the spiritual gifts and the supernatural. What we teach you right now. Yeah. The church will be known for its love. It shows to people that is multifaceted and far bigger than you see at this time. People will come and develop particular ministries to reach particular groups of people. I really believe that this is the time that people really need to step up and move into leadership roles which they know God is calling them to, but they feel hesitant or un- and, un- and unconfident to do. I believe that God wants to and is releasing Richard, me, into being able to move into what God has put in, into his heart. A key part of your ministry and focus at this time is to develop and push forward young leaders into the roles they need to be in. This last year, year and a half, we've taken 26 leaders through uh, something we call Accelerate. It's a teach, uh, leadership uh, training program. So we've done that. And then we can identify and look at those people and just see where their giftings are. At the moment, we're doing something that John's doing in the church about knowing your shape through the life groups. That's why you need to be in a life group. And it, it shows you your gifts and the talents that you have that you can be used in the context of church. I believe to enable this to happen, people need to step up. Tell your neighbor, step up. Someone run from the front of the church to the back of the church and say, step up, step up. Someone from the back of the church run to the front of the church and say, nothing's going on. You're just not doing what I'm saying. What a disobedient lot, Lord. (laughs) Obedience is better than sacrifice, isn't it? I'm sacrificing. Yeah, but you need to be obedient. Come on, run, run to the back. Who's brave enough to do that? Come on. Who's wild? <laughs> no one. <laughs> Are you all scared now? Are you all scared? <laughs> Speak for yourself, love. I mean, she said that. We're all stubborn. You're not all stubborn. Maybe she is. Anyway, I believe to enable this to happen, people need to step I mean, into doing the day-to-day running on various aspects of church. God is and has released people a day a week in their job. Some need to give just two or three hours a week. I believe all people in this church have a place and role to get into, get into and to get involved more into the things of God and the church. Also for Richard, so he said, personally, I believe that God in the future will use you to minister and bring people into the kingdom through friendship and pastoring, people on the outside, right into the center of church and the love of God. I really believe for you, Danny and Kimini, how did they get their names? I've got no idea. Uh, I believe... For Danny and Kimini, that God is redefining you and what your ministry and focus is and what it isn't. And when he started saying the things that he was saying, I thought, I know things about what you're going to be doing, and you know as well, that he doesn't. See, and I thought, this guy, that's, that's on the money. And then he said, where's Josh Tree? He's not here, is he? He's next door. And he didn't know that Josh was going to speak that morning. And this is what he said to Josh. I believe that for you, Josh Tree, that God is saying, don't hide behind your drums. Ooh that's, a bit, ooh, that's a bit out there, isn't it? I said, I'm not hiding. I'm actually playing them. That's what I'd have said. That God is saying, don't hide behind your drums. There is far more in you. You need to be at the center of the stage leading. Leading in worship and step up into other things you know God has called you to do. See, that was a, I believe that was a really sound prophetic word for our church. I'm going to close there. And again, that's just a snapshot of this gift.
You need to go home and just study, hear messages from good sound preachers that teach this kind of stuff on the gifts that are positive about them. Because all of these gifts are meant to build up and encourage and help the church. Do you get that? That's why we studied them. Next week, um, it's Adrian next week. Is that right, Adrian? And you're speaking on? Miracles. Do we believe God is a God of miracles? Do we really? Because you, oh, great. But, oh, all right. All right, steady on there. I mean, carry on. We'll, we can have a chat later if you want, if you want to get that loud. I'm a bit loud anyway. Yeah, so anyway, let's pray. I'm going to do that. I believe God is a God of miracles because you're sitting next to a miracle. Tell the person next to you, you're a miracle. You are a miracle. Let's just pray. Oh, you know, hmm, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You know, we come to the point in the, in the service, which I, I think is the most important part of the service, is to just ask people about their relationship with God. Do you have a relationship with God? Going to church is great, but it doesn't make you a Christian. You know, Romans 10.9 says... If we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. Jesus came to seek and save that which were lost. He's come for the lost. He's come for the broken. He's come for the hurting. He's come for the marginalized. Come for the brokenhearted. He's come for people with blind eyes, and that could be physical as well as spiritual blind eyes. Deaf ears to be opened. This is our Jesus. He came to build a family. And he wants us in his family. Are you in his family? Have you prayed that prayer? Have you asked God to forgive you for your sin? And have you asked him into your life? If you haven't and you'd like to this morning, I just want to ask you, would you like to do that right now? Because I believe you're not here by accident, friend. And God's been knocking on the door of your heart because he loves you. And he demonstrated that love for you by dying on a cross for you, for me. And he just wants you to respond in the positive, in the affirmative. Yes, Lord, I want, I want to know you. I want to give my life to you. If I'm speaking to you today, well, every, every head is bowed, every eye is closed. Just put your hand up and say, that's me. I, wanna, I want Jesus to come into my life. I need Jesus in my life right now. Just put your hand up and then you can put it down again. Or maybe you're here and you've just grown cold in your heart to the things of God. And maybe, you, maybe you've been to, gone to church all your life and you just need a, some refreshing and you're here today. You've heard this message about God's love for you. And you want to return. Maybe you've been hurt in church or just given up on church, but you're here today. You want to return. Well, God wants you to return. He's waiting for you with his arms open wide, ready to embrace you again. If I'm speaking to you, just put your hand up and then put it down again. Let's believe we're all right with God this morning. If you were unsure about that and you were a bit um, intimidated to put your hand up, there'll be a prayer ministry team here after the service to pray for any need that you have. If you want to give your life to him, you can speak to them. Or if you've got any other prayer requests or prayer needs, just come to the front. These guys will have little lanyards on and they can pray for you. 
Let's just pray, end the service, and then we can enjoy some fellowship. Father God, we thank you. Thank you for, your, for Jesus. Thank you for your word. Thank you that your word is truth, Lord. And we need to live by your word every day. We need to hide it inside our hearts so that we won't sin against you, David said. And Father, I thank you for this precious congregation. You are the chief shepherd, Lord. I'm just the under-shepherd to the good shepherd. And I pray, Father God, for every person here that they have an, an amazing week in you. Those who need a break at half term, that they can get away with family and enjoy some time with friends. I thank you, Father God, as we go right now. I thank you that your angels would encamp around about us. Keep us safe and free from harm until we can all meet again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please stay. If this is your first time here, we want to welcome you. We'll have tea and coffee. The kitchen will be open and maybe some cake. So please stay. We'd like to get to know you, chat to you. God bless you as you go.